So we're going through Matthew 24 and 25, the last days according to Jesus. So there's lots of talk about the last days, but let's get it from someone who knows about it, Jesus. And so that's in Matthew 24, 25. But uh, to start with, I want us to think of an imaginary story of uh, a father and a child getting ready for a hockey game. And um, the child's watching TV and the father says, uh, you better turn that off before too long and get your stuff ready and get ready for the hockey game. And the child says, yeah, dad, yeah, all good. And, um, and then the dad says, yeah, you get ready, I'm just going to, let's pretend, go upstairs and go to the toilet and get my stuff ready. And then the child starts yelling, hurry up, Dad. We're going to be late. And the, um, just imagine. (laughs) But the father says, no, you get all your stuff ready. Get in the vehicle and I'll be a few minutes, then we'll go. So that happens. And imagine you're driving off down to the hockey game, and you're just about past an imaginary shop, let's just call it um, Zephyr, something like that. And then the child says, Dad, we need to turn around. I've only got one sock. <laughs> and so sort of where we're up to, Matthew 24 and 25, 24 is what's... What's happening? What's going to happen? And 25 is, is a kind of like the so what, what it means for us. Not just uh, what's going to happen, but actually what it means. And so if you had a choice between chapter 24 and 25, let's say you could only choose one, I'd say go for 25. Because this, we're about to, we're not quite there yet, we're about to unpack of actually what it means for us. And the strange thing is, actually, for most people, they want to just uh, dig into 20, 24 of, you know, the details of what's going to happen. But in reality, the important bit, the, the pointy end is what it means for us. So um, let's, let's not give up now. Let's, you know, go through to this, the speech of Jesus um, right to right to the end of 25. So, last uh, little bit of Matthew 24. We're going to start at 32 and 36. Warren's going to carry on uh, next week. We'll be on holiday. Remember how the speech started by Jesus. Him and the disciples, they were walking uh, through Jerusalem, past the temple, and the disciples say, whoa, look at this place. Look, look at these incredible stones. And Jesus says, not one of these stones, and they're huge, uh, nine meters, five meters, three meters. Some of these huge stones, he said, then they're all going to be tipped over. It's not going to last. And then they carry on. They walk down past the Kidron Valley, uh, up to another hill, about the same height as the temple hill, only two kilometers away. And Jesus keeps on 
talking there, he sits down and teaches them about the last days. And it's called the Olivet Discourse, if you want to be flash. But it's Jesus talking on the hill about what the last days is going to look like. Matthew 24, verses 32 to 36. 32. Now, learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things, you know that it is near right at the door. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. But about that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. This, this middle part of the passage, 32 to 36, has several interpretations. Verse 33, even so, when you see all these things, you know that it is near, right at the door. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. So, um, that's pretty hard to interpret, and some think that Jesus was mistaken. Jesus himself thought he was going to come back quite soon. Some say that. I don't believe that. Some think that uh, Matthew was mistaken or misheard Jesus. And I don't believe that either. The phrase, all these things, verses 33 and 34, most likely is referring to most of Matthew 24. So, uh, And it's important that we keep in mind that, that, that telescope idea that as Jesus is talking about the end of all things, he's got two things in mind. When you look down a telescope, say you've got a telescope and you're looking down the beach and you don't know if that person that you can see is just uh, uh, 50 metres away or 500 metres away. And Jesus is talking not only about uh, way away, the end of all things, but AD 70 when there was uh, the end of this terrible um, Jewish war, they call it, a rebellion of the Jews against the Romans, started 66, and in AD 70, uh, the Romans came and they besieged Jerusalem, ended up destroying the temple. So is Jesus talking about AD 70 or the end of all things? Well, probably both, and it's all inter intermingled. Uh, a bit like Pilkington fishing trips, where the, we all go, and um, it always ends up, seems to be that ends up, I end up untangling two bits of fishing lines, and whose is what. So, uh, that's Matthew 24. And, and verse 35, Jesus says, My words will come to pass. Definitely. It will happen. You can count on it. In fact, you can count on it more than the earth below and the sky above. You can count on it. Kotorangi met whenua e pahemo kwaku kupuia 
ekore e pahemu. Our words will, uh, things will pass away, but my words, the, the sky, the ground will pass away, my words will not pass away. We think that the earth is permanent. Well, actually, no. Um, earth changes. 1855, down in Wellington, there was this earthquake that lifted up the Hutt Valley a metre and a half, and it drained the swamp. Um, Sponge Bay there, you know, they used to be able to go up and look out to the sea. Remember that? Some of us will. You can't now. That's fallen away. Um, stars are not permanent. Sometimes they, they run out of um, their, their nuclear fuel and they die. Heavens and earth change. They're not permanent, but the words of Jesus are. The words of Jesus are. You can count to those. They won't pass away. Jesus says, believe me. Believe me. And uh, believe in two particular things this morning. Thing one, verse 32. You will be able to see the signs. You will be able to see the signs. Verse 32, now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as the fig, as its twigs, sorry, get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, you'll see all these things. You know that it is near right at the door. And in Israel, uh, most, because the, there's little, not very much difference between summer and winter, most trees did not lose their leaves. But the fig tree was different. It did lose its leaves. And so you could tell the seasons in Israel from the fig tree because it was it would change. And so that's why Jesus refers to the fig tree because you can tell the seasons by the way it changes over the seasons. <clears throat> there will be signs. Signs are plenty. And as we looked at Matthew 24, man, there were so many signs. And we'll just, um, just repeat over them again. Verse 2, these gigantic stones they could see two kilometers away of that temple, huge, 12, 13 rugby fields worth of temple. That's how big it was. All those stones, they're not going to last. Verse 5, 11, 24, there'll be deception. False prophets, false messiahs. Verse 6, wars and rumors of wars. Verse 7, nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Nation is ethnic groups, kingdom is political groups. Verse 7, famines and earthquakes. Uh, Luke's version, Luke 21, has pestilences. As well, viruses. Verse 9, followers of Jesus will be handed over and be to be persecuted. Handed over means it will be a, like an official thing. Martyrdom as well. Verse 9, hated by all people groups because of Jesus. Verse 10, many will turn away from the faith and betray each other. Verse 12, the love of most will grow cold. Um, 
And remember, we, when we're looking at Revelation, there's some scary things in Revelation. Uh, beasts from the sea, beasts growing up, dragons, right? But, you know, the thing I, I reckon is the scariest thing in Revelation, it's not those, not numbers on the heads, it's Revelation 3, where it says, um, because you're neither hot nor cold, you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out. That's what scares me. Because if you think of the Western church, how would you describe it? <laughs> now, not everyone, not everything, not every church. But um, that's scary. And it's scary that uh, for many of us, we are content with being lukewarm. Jesus says, I'll spit you out. You know, like a, like a, a wave <laughs> where it um, just, just forms up and there's nothing at the bottom and it spits you. Jesus says, I'll spit you out if you're lukewarm. The love of most will grow cold. That's scary. Woo. Uh, shall we have some good news? Uh, <laughs> verse 13, salvation for those that stand firm to the end. Verse 14, the gospel will be preached to the whole world as testimony to the nations. Back to the bad news. Uh, verse 15, the abomination that causes desolation in the holy place. In the temple, verse 16, a fleeing by the saints. Verse 21, great distress. Verse 29, cosmic occurrences, sun and moon dark and falling stars, heavenly bodies shaken. Verse 30, the Son of Man will appear and all the nations will mourn. That's kind of half good, half bad. And good news again, verse 22, 31, he will gather his elect from all the earth, from the four winds, and far. So you'll be able to see the signs. They'll be evident. They'll be evident. You'll be able to see the signs. We'll be able to see the signs. But don't fixate on the signs. Don't OCD on the signs. You know, OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, my first couple of years here in Gisborne, when the church was smaller, I did, I did a bit of teaching. And um, one day a week, I was in this special needs unit. They were fantastic. They, um, they were so much fun. But uh, many of them would OCD. And they'd OCD on different things. Uh, what, there was one particular book they had started to OCD on. Like, if we read a book, it had to be that book. And now, uh, there's one guy, he was into ribbons. And he would, anything he could make into a ribbon, and he'd, he'd, he'd wave it all around, the, all around the room. It might have been in some Pentecostal churches like that. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and if he couldn't find the ribbon, he, we had to put away the books because he would rip books into ribbons. Um, another one, he started to OCD on me crossing my legs when I was reading. And he, he couldn't handle it. He'd come up to me and uncross my legs. <laughs> so there's signs aplenty, but don't OCD on the signs, all right? 
There'll be, there will be strange and traumatic things. And Jesus is just preparing his followers for that. That's good, you know. Like when you go to um, last days with my dad, he, he went, went a bit strange. And we, we just prepare the kids, saying, when you go to see Papa, it's going to be a bit different. And Jesus is saying, you know, it's going to be different in the last days. Just It's okay, but this is what it's going to be like. We will be able to see the signs of the last days. We will, we will, but, but, we will be able to see the last, the signs of the last days, but you can't save the date. You can't save the date. You can't save the date. We'll be able to see the signs but you won't be able to save the date. Verse 36. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Ka hori te tai tangata e mohio ki ra, ki haura. You won't be able to know the day or the hour. So don't try don't try. No one will be able to save the day. That's a waste of time. And um, not only that, it makes the faith look real dicky when you do that. <laughs> All right. Um, so, but many people have tried. For instance, uh, there's this guy, Edgar C. Wisnant, and he wrote a book that sold... F- uh, four and a half million copies, by the way. 88 reasons why the rapture will occur in 1988. And by the way, <laughs> that didn't happen unless... <laughs> uh, so it didn't happen. He said, he, he said it was going to happen between uh, September 11th and 13th, but it didn't happen. So he wrote another book in 1989. It's called The Final Shout. <laughs> Predicted that the rapture actually recalculated uh, in 1989. Uh, but that didn't happen either. So he wrote another book. And each book he sold a few less copies, by the way. <laughs> 23 reasons why a pre-tribulation rapture looks like it will occur on Rosh Hashanah, which is sort of um, Passover, and predicted that the rapture would occur there, and that didn't happen. And so he wrote another book, 1994, and now the Earth's destruction by fire, nuclear bomb fire. And he was a NASA scientist, and a Bible uh, student, but that's a dicky thing to do, right? Because Jesus said, you cannot save the date. We don't know the date. He doesn't know the date. The angels don't know the date. So don't try and save the date. You can see the signs, but you cannot save the date. So don't try. Don't let, don't, don't let people try. Don't go to the seminars. Don't buy the books. Don't download the podcast and don't let people try to get you to do that. You cannot save the dates. 
wise ant. I wish he'd just been a, a wise ant and prepared. Uh, but not only him. Uh, down under, we've got our own versions of it. A quite famous New Zealand evangelist used to tour the country in the late 90s and said he used to say this, 1998, either before or after, but 1998. <laughs> and why, why do we do that? Why do we try to save the date when clearly Jesus said not to? Why do we do that? And I think the reason is that it's a question of power of human power. If we think we know the date, we think we can control the process, but we can't. We want the power, we want the autonomy, like back in the garden where, you know, we want to eat that, that fruit, even though we're told not to, we want to. But we cannot control the process. And you know what? Actually, the process is obedience. That is the process. The process is faithfulness. The process is patience and trust. Ongoing, relentless obedience to Jesus in the waiting. That's what it's about. We don't know the dates, but the process is obedience. Relentless obedience. Okay, so get both your socks ready and just wait. You know, you can see the signs, yeah, cool, took them off, but just wait. Don't try and save the date. Be obedient to Jesus until he comes. Amen. Bless you. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. And we say, yes, we do believe that your Words will not fail. And even though in our terms it's been a while, (laughs) but we say we will be obedient, we will be patient, we will wait, and we will continue to follow you. And help us, we ask. Help us uh, that our love will not grow cold, as you've said will happen uh, in the last days. We don't want that. We don't want to be lukewarm. We want to be hot for you right to the end. Pray that for my brothers and sisters. Pray that for myself. Uh, Pray that for all those that love you, that their faith will not grow cold. They'll continue to love you right to the end. Help us in that. Empower us by your spirit, we pray. Amen.